quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Hi, welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I wanted to start out with a little review from one of our 30-Day Challenge members who says, we are all more regulated, starting to be more able to switch to play. It was so hard at first to want to play when I was feeling offline myself but the play challenge really helped me start to create the habit. I still have to take a deep breath, but then I'm able to move to play most times now. So grateful for this work. Thank you so much for sending that lovely review. I so appreciate it. And all of you people in the 30-day challenge every time. It's so lovely. One of my favorite things. All right. I want to talk about this idea of sometimes in connective parenting, (laughs) nobody wants to hear this, Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And there, I think there's several reasons for this. What I've realized over, you know, doing this work for 13 years and coaching parents for nearly 10, like it's sometimes now every family is different. And I wouldn't know, you know, your particular situation unless I was really able to sit down with you and analyze the ins and outs and the players and what's happening and like everything's different, right? Are we in a divorced home? Are we in a single family home? Are we in two parents home? Is one parent doing co-parent or one do parenting, doing connected parenting and the other one is not? Are you both doing it? Are you on the same page? How many years? Blah, 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 right? We've got all these kinds of things happening. I'm speaking in generalities. That's what I have to do on the podcast. I can only speak in generalities because I don't know the actual particulars of your family, but I really try to glean the things that I, and take the things that I've learned through all this. I've coached, you know, thousands of people really. And so I really have seen a lot of different scenarios and 
it has really helped me have a better insight. And there are many ways in which we are similar. There are many ways in which we are different in parenting. But there are some general things that I can can tell you that I've seen over the years. The number one thing is that when we, if we have come from a place of threats and bribes and punishments, even if they're slight, and even if you know we're not like beating our kids or really being harsh with them, we just have the normal like a little bit of yelling and screaming, a little bit of threats and bribes, a little bit of shaming, you know, kind of the normal parenting conventional ways that we're using, but we're also sprinkling in some connective. This is, these are mostly the people I see trying to, I'll try to do some connective things, but still resorting to threats and bribes and still kind of, you know, we're on the outskirts of control over here. If you've been parenting like that for a year, two years, seven years, 13 years, your child is conditioned for however many years you've been doing that your child has been being conditioned in that environment. So they're used to threats and bribes. They're used to punishments. And so it, it might take them some time to really unravel what that conditioning is. So the longer that you have been parenting with control and the more control that you've been using, I think really will affect this that it might get worse before it gets better. So you might really have it getting worse before it gets better if you've got the 13-year-old that you've been using control the whole time and you let go of control, right? And you really steep into connection. They might really think this is a free-for-all because they've been so controlled. And so they might go for it. They might really push the envelope. They might really stay up till three in the morning every night because you're not putting the bedtime in place anymore. They might really try to like do the unkind thing because they have never been given the space to do it. And that's part of the process of unwinding it all. The other piece is, is like, you, you've found this, right? You're like, I'm into it. I'm going to do it. I'm listening to podcasts. I bought the book. I even enrolled in the class. I'm, I'm doing the things. And you're really dedicated, but your child doesn't know that. They don't understand that you've made a mindset shift. They don't understand that you've really want to change your pedagogy that you've decided that things should be different. They don't know that and they might not also believe it. So that's the other piece is that if you're coming with connection and you're coming, you know, doing a special time and you're trying to use empathy and they might not believe you right away. They might think, "Ugh, yeah, mom's always trying some stuff, you know, she's doing this, she's doing that. She's going to try something for a few days and then she's going to try something else." They might not believe that this is your new method of being a parent. So they might just be waiting it out. They might be like Pia. Pia was just watching, observing, and deciding, is she for real? Is she really going to listen to Esme's feelings like that? Is she really going to be able to hold space for this crazy kid who's losing it? And it took her a long time to observe that before she had her feelings. So some kids, it might get worse before it gets better. And some kids might wait and then have their feelings after a while. There's no rhyme or reason. It's a process. And I think what we should be focused on is that it's not about getting good behavior from your kids. 
that's not what this is about. What this is about is forming a relationship with your child. And that relationship might be tumultuous. And that relationship might be full of dysregulation at first for a kid who's stuffed full of feelings who needs to get it out. That's the other piece. Point number three is that sometimes a kid is full of feelings because there's been no space for them to have the feelings. So they might have weeks of tantrums and then they might start to really regulate because they've gotten a lot of that stuff out. That's what Esme did. She was full of tantrums. I mean, I had to cancel every activity that we had and I had to literally eat mac and cheese or order pizza because I couldn't do anything except for tantrums for like two weeks. That kid was deeply in her feelings for two weeks. And after two weeks, she felt a little better and she started to regulate a little more and the the tantrums started to get less, fewer, and they started to be shorter. And of course, two weeks later, Pia starts in on her tantrums and she needed two weeks of getting it out. That's how my kids did it. That's not going to be how every kid does it. But what I can assure you is that it's not wrong and it's not bad if a child or children are having a hard time. It really isn't. And I know it's hard for us. It really can be. And that's why I say, get a listening partner, take care of yourself, make things easy order the pizza, under parent, do what you can to get yourself in a place where you can be the good listener because it's not easy doing that work, but it's decidedly more healthy than having your children stuff their feelings through punishments. I'll tell you that it really is. We are going to take a short break from our show to hear from our sponsors. Without their sponsorship, I wouldn't be able to bring you the Peace and Parenting podcast free of charge. So I'll see you back in just a few minutes. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise. When it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Now back to the show. So things might not look the way you want them to look when you first start connective parenting. 
And that's perfectly okay. And I think it's completely normal. And I think it's probably usual for many people. You know, I think the people who start with really young kids, like one in three, they have such an easier time at it because there's been less conditioning and because those kids will respond a lot quicker to it. And, and little kids, they show their feelings right on their sleeve, right? They, you know, what's going on with them. They're not trying to shove it. And then it's not as convoluted and it's pretty obvious as to what's going on. And as they get older, that becomes harder. And we think more poorly of them because we, they're big, right? And we think they should be able to regulate and we think they should be able to deal with things, but often they can't because they're just as immature inside. Their, their brains are so underdeveloped. Remember that prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until we're 28. And so that idea of regulation and impulse control and reasoning and making decisions is just, it's not there. And so we can't expect them to snap into a new way of parenting overnight, that this is a process and that process is okay. And that process is part of them also offloading the feelings that they're having and they they should offload the feelings that they're having. And, um, you know, I've had some people say, well, I can't do this and I can't do all or nothing. And I had a reviewer recently say that, you know, they, they liked that there were some takeaways from this podcast, but that they also didn't really understand, you know, why they, they needed a middle ground, right? They couldn't just listen to feelings and do nothing. And I don't think this is a do nothing method, but I do believe that we have kids who are going to, have a lot of backlog, especially if you have a child who's having big tantrums and and they're over smaller things, you know, the the broken cookie or whatnot. I that's always an indicator to me, like it's prob this is probably an older or bigger hurt than the cookie, right? And so if you have this child, everyone's having tantrums and everyone's having a hard time, and it's over, you know, simple everyday things. That's probably just because there are bigger, deeper issues below the surface that are coming out. And that you should actually feel lucky. I know this sounds bad. Should I say bad? Hard? Not right. You should feel good that they're able to come to the feeling. They're come to you with the feelings that they feel you're safe enough to hear their ickiest stuff and that they trust that you'll be able to accept it. Because that's a, that's a testament to who you are and that's a testament to what kind of parenting you're doing and that's a testament to what they're feeling about your relationship at the moment. They're feeling that there's trust there. So I know some people have a really hard time and they think it's not working. And I want us to really, you know, evaluate what does working mean? Does working mean I have a compliant child who does the things I ask them to do? Or does working mean I have a child who has space to get the feelings out that they need to process? And that sometimes it's, there's nothing you can do sometimes when everyone's tantruming. I get that question a lot too. What, what can I do when child A is screaming, the four-year-old, and the baby's screaming? You know what? You can't do anything. You can only try to ping pong support them as best you can. It, it, it's an impossible feat. You cannot be everything to everyone all the time. There are moments in parenting that are not fixable. There are moments in parenting that are just trying to get through it the best you can. And I know I've had kids who, when two people are melting down, it's like, I go to one, I'm right here, I understand, let me go check on your sister. Oh, I'm right here, yeah, oh, I know, it's really hard. And I'm ping-ponging back and forth, just trying to get a little support to each of them so that they can feel good. It's hard. It sucks. It's not easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. And your sponge is going to get full. 
and you're going to get bubbled over with feelings. And if you do, you need to get a listening partner and you need to get support. You cannot do this without support. We partner everybody up in our programs, in our group coaching programs, our one-on-one coaching programs, our 30-day challenge. We partner you up with a listening partner because we know that we can't do it as coaches. I can't do it. Taryn and Martha can't do it. We can't do it without support, without that listening partnership, without that place to squeeze out my sponge to get my feelings out too. I think that's part of it too, is that you've got these kids that are full of feelings. And if you're, especially if you're just trying this out and they're constantly tantruming and they're having these big icky moments and you're coming to them. And after five or six or eight of those, you're full. You can't take anymore. And I get it. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just hard. And who says, is it Glennon Doyle or Brene Brown says we can do hard things? I think it's Brene Brown. We can do hard things. I'm quoting one of them, hopefully. And I think it's true. We can do hard things, but it's they're not easy. It's not fluid. It's, it doesn't seem right because it isn't what we were allowed to do as children either. So it can seem wrong to us to have it, children that are dysregulated and feelings going everything everywhere. And you're like, well, I'm doing this whole new method and it's getting worse, but it will get better. I promise you, if you stick in there, it will get better. It got worse for me too. And I know it's true of many people, but it will get better. So I hope you can find a place to stick in there and not feel defeated when all the big icky feelings happen. And don't feel like you can't do nothing, but that you're going to be supportive through it. And that it isn't about relying on a punishment or getting good behavior, but it's more about, are we forming a relationship with our kids? All right. I'm so glad you joined me on the Peace and Parenting podcast. Please know if it's getting worse, it will get better. Just stick to it. Okay, I hope to see you next time.